Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio, 103.1 FM, 910, 980 AM, or anywhere on that Odyssey app. It is 410 here in the station, uh, 47 degrees and cloudy. The Rob O'Donnell Show is brought to you by Road Scholar Transport. You have unique shipping needs, and Road Scholar has unique shipping solutions. Dry van, temperature controlled, and high security are just a few. Visit roadscholar.com. And uh, before I move on to Tommy Marquez, who's on hold right now, you have until 5 o'clock today to get to your election office to ask for your mail-in vote. So if you uh, are looking for it, you need to get to your election office. I believe Wilkes-Barre or Luzerne County is open till uh, 5 o'clock today as per the county manager. So uh, you have till 5 o'clock today to request your mail-in ballot if that's what you need uh, in order to vote. So I meant to bring that up earlier. I brought it up yesterday. But here's your reminder. You have... Uh, what, 50 minutes to get down to your election office to request your mail-in vote. I believe you could do it online as long as you do it by 5 o'clock, but I'm not sure on that. Uh, it's time to go to Tommy Marquez, a Navy veteran, um, senior member of Congress for many years, and now an advocate for our veterans across America, a veteran himself. Tommy, thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks, Rob. I saw you were in South Bend, Indiana. You're at a Notre Dame game. Was that your first Notre Dame home game? Oh, it it was, and, and I, I'm sorry to your listeners, it was against Pitt. Yes, and uh, Notre Dame had their way with them. It was, a, it, was a, it was a good Catholic boy. It was long overdue. Yeah, I don't think it was not unexpected. I don't think Pitt was uh, <laughs> was looking to get anything out of that. But uh, it's a great experience. I've been there myself a few games. To see a home game at Notre Dame in South Bend is just a one-of-a-kind experience. You know, and I have to tell you, I was very proud of the behavior of the fans of the Fighting Irish towards the Pitt pe- the, the uh, fans that came in. Both teams had world-class fans. You know, you'll have to forgive me. I grew up in San Diego area. So going to a Charger Raider game, you know, it was like gangland. And uh, <laughs> so I was a little worried. But both fans held themselves in such, you know, high regard and uh, it treated each other with respect, and I just couldn't get over it. It was a phenomenal experience. And uh, taking back, I, I went to church and confession for the first time in years, um, and I need to do that more often, and I look forward to going to their end. I heard a lot of good things about Pittsburgh, too, so, or the Pitt Stadium, so I might do that as well. Or maybe you could join me, Rob. Sure. Did you ever get down to the grotto when you were in South Bend? Uh, I did not. Uh, I did not. You missed out. You got to get back. Stayed- yeah, uh, believe me, I am dying to get back. I brought the cold weather back to Texas with me. Hey, you were talking about the exorcist, and I got uh, uh, something that will make veterans feel like they're in a going to need an exorcism, uh, and that is fees for attorneys and accredited agents charging for VA services. Because there's a lot of rules, and everybody, another pun here, has their head spinning on what is legal, what's illegal, and then the question of what is moral. So first and foremost, every veteran should know that you can go to a veteran service officer for free for assistance with applying for veterans' benefits. You can go for absolutely free. Now, here's the thing about that. Sometimes, and I'm not saying it's right, but sometimes you also get what you pay for. I've ran into many veteran service officers um, who 
came in with really good intentions. One helped a, a friend of ours, uh, Rob, and when she helped our friend, she was on her best game, uh, did remarkably good job. About a year and a half later, I talked to her. She was completely burned out and had lost her faith in her employment. And, and it's, it's easy to understand, you know, most, most veteran service officers, you know, they're making a little bit above minimum wage, okay? And let's be honest, as a veteran, I say this, and, and it's just true. Some veterans are difficult to deal with, okay? So you're dealing with some high emotional cases, maybe sometimes occasionally people with entitlement and everything, and, and you can get burned out. It's really easy to happen. But you can always go to a VSO for free. I've seen good work. I've seen bad work. Now, to answer the question, though, can you be charged for services, uh, applying for VA benefits? The answer, the quick answer is yes. Now, no attorney, no accredited agent, no organization could charge you for an initial application for benefits. So if you're applying for a condition the first time you apply, no organization could charge you that. Not an attorney, not an accredited agent, and obviously not a VSO. They do that for free. However, if you put in an appeal or they've had a return of that initial decision, they could charge for continued services. Now, this is where things get interesting, and people want to know what is legal and what's not legal and what's moral and what's immoral. An attorney can charge you for other services, and that's what a lot of them were doing. They would do a claim, an initial claim, and I saw several of them charging three grand, five grand, so on and so forth, saying, well, we were doing a legal review of your case. And really, they weren't doing anything other than uh, filing your claim for you, which you could have got the same exact benefit by going to a VSO for free. Now, an accredited agent can also charge you, uh, not for an initial uh, fee, uh, but they can charge you for your appeal, your notice of disagreement, your supplemental claim, your higher level review. Now, the claims for all, for both an attorney and an accredited agent have to be reasonable. Also, they could allow for some of your back pay to be charged, no more than 20%. But an accredited agent and an attorney must be able to prove that any fee in which they charged was reasonable based on the amount of work that they performed. So they just can't say, like, you got to give us 10 grand, you got to give us 20 grand. They can't even charge $1,000 without one having a filed agreement written, sent to the Office of uh, General Counsel at the VA. So they have to physically sign for you everything, saying up front, this is what the fee is going to be, and this is what the back pay will be. Then they have to explain to you, you know, and here's why that fee is, because we did this, we did that. And they have to be able to prove that to the Office of General Counsel, that they're charging a fee that is uh, fair based on the amount of work that they're putting into your case. So if you go to an accredited agent, if you go to an attorney who is charging, not for the initial claim, but for your appeal, your higher level review, your supplemental claim, things like that, they can charge, but they have to show you how much work they're doing. And that's why a lot of veterans choose to go with them, because they'll provide a nexus letter. They'll provide a doctor's, which, which is a doctor's uh, letter saying, hey, here's the 
you know, here's why we believe that this is done. I will tell you that about 90% of the cases in which I reviewed when I was working in Congress definitely did not need more than a VSO assisting a veteran. They did not need an attorney. They did not need uh, a VA accredited agent. But in some cases, you know, it did help that they had an attorney who could provide them resources, put a, a good legal argument on their case and provide them with evidence and provide them down the right path to getting a VA service-connected disability approved. However, I will tell you, most of the attorneys that I was dealing with, there was some shady, questionable, and I'm talking thousands of reviews of cases uh, in my nine years of working in Congress. Most of them, there was some very questionable charges and fees. The accredited agents were more reasonable in general, okay? In general, they were more reasonable with their fee structure. They could prove that their work was there. And most accredited agents were actually old veteran service organization officers, so VSOs, who knew the VA well, or they were former VA employees. They were not attorneys. And they knew more about the VA system than most of those attorneys did. A lot of those attorneys can't spell VA if you spotted them the V. They just look at this as a quick and easy way to get money. Not all. There is some good, good attorneys doing good work. But an overwhelming majority, I did see an overcharging of fees. Now, with all that said, keep this in mind. If you're a veteran, if, if you're unhappy with your VSO or your attorney or your accredited agent and you, and you don't have the money, here's what you need to know. You yourself can do a majority of this. I put videos for free explaining the whole VA process on my social media all the time. And my handle is the same on TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube, at Tommy Marquez Consulting. You can find me there. I do dozens. and I mean, I've got hundreds of videos. I think about 400 videos on discounts, deals, explaining the VA process, explaining VA language, explaining the VA combined rating system. It's all there. You yourself can be your own advocate. You yourself should be the most knowledgeable person on your injuries, your claim, and your benefits. You should be doing that. And if you have trouble with it, I explained everything in all my videos for free. I asked for nothing. All I ask is that if you found a video that you thought was knowledgeable and helped you out, share it with other veterans. So you can go through that system without paying anything. You can go through that system and pay for things but you should know what you can and cannot be charged for. You should know that just as a general consumer. None of us, none of us veterans are going to a store and overpaying for things. I just know it. We all ask for a, a, a VA discount. We all ask, you know, can I get something out there? Are you allowed to charge for that? If you went into Walmart right now and they said, hey, give us $50 to enter here, we would all say, wait, for what? How? Why? What do I get for $50? We're, we're, just in general, veterans are just that kind of way, right? So the idea of just letting people charge you for benefits, charge you for back pay, um, you know, charge you for services that may not be rendered, it doesn't make sense. You should ask, what am I, what am I getting from these services? If you decide to go with somebody who's charging. But again, you go to a VSO for free. You can learn these things yourself for free. And I know some of you are going to say, well, I'm busy or I'm not that smart. Listen, I'm the dumbest guy I know. Okay. I really, I'm not a bright guy. I just work really hard and I look things up. And you can do the same. If I can learn and take the steps to get myself 100%, so can you. 
you can do the homework and read up. And I give people resources, code and federal regulation. Um, I give excerpts out of manuals on how to do all this. And again, you could do that. And there's, there's other content creators who are even better than me at this. And they're all putting this information out for free on TikTok, on YouTube, on uh, Instagram. Uh, I'm just one of many, and I encourage veterans to go out there, learn about what, what you can be charged for, what you can't be charged for, learn what forms you need, learn what does count as evidence, what doesn't count as evidence, and you can have all that done for free on social media. And I'm just one of many. And, again, you can always find me at Tommy Marquez Consulting. It's all one word uh, on social media. And there's other good individuals there to help you out. You don't have to pay, but you can pay in some cases. But, again, you can get it all for free with a VSO or just by following me on social media. All right, Tommy, great advice there again. I appreciate you checking in on this Halloween, and uh, I'll talk to you next week. Yeah, thanks, Rob. Thanks, Tommy. It's uh, 423 here at WILK. Time for traffic Boo. and weather. Boo. I tried to scare you. You did. Did that work? Okay. Mm-hmm. This traffic update is brought to you by Penteladata Internet. It's a little scary, 81 northbound, right above the Montage Mountain Road. At Davis Street exit, you are bumper to bumper, barely moving that due to an accident. We also have reports of an accident near exit 4 to Kingston, 309 northbound uh, on the Cross Valley Expressway. And a little bit of heavy traffic on Kaiser Avenue in Scranton. Whenever you see a traffic problem, call our jam line, 570-883-7269. Nikki Stone, WILK Traffic. Thank you, Nikki. Here's the Storm Tracker 16 forecast from our Channel 16 meteorologist. Today, clouds, then partly sunny and dry, high 47. Tonight, partly cloudy, low 34. Tomorrow, scattered rain and snow showers possible early, then mostly cloudy, high 45. Thursday, chilly temperatures to start, low 28. More sun than clouds, high 48. And remember, we put those clocks back Saturday night into Sunday. It's currently 47 degrees and cloudy now at 420, uh, 424 here at your official weather station, WILK. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It is 428 here, 47 degrees and cloudy on this Tuesday, October 31st, 2023. Hey, have you ever been ripped off? Oh, I've never been ripped off before. <laughs> oh, it's um, you can call or text the show at 570-883-0098. It is, uh, let's go to David from Bloomsburg on the election and the U.N. David. Hello. David, you're on. Good afternoon. Thanks to Tommy and all the other veterans for their service and you for your service in New York City. I appreciate right it. Thank now, you. Right we now, sh- we've got judicial uh, general election next week. There are four letters need to be remembered for next week in the judicial races. B. C-M-S, Batista, Carlucci, Martin, and Smalls. These people need to be elected and retained. They are good conservative people. They've proven themselves in the past, and they need to continue to serve and to begin to serve. Greg Griffin, he's a wonderful person. He fights for the common man. He needs to get written in for Luzerne County Council to put an end to this wastefulness that's going on. And really quick, the U.N. Is, should be kicked out of America because effective Thursday, the head of the U.N. Commission on Civil Rights is named as Iran. 
they have been voted on and stuff like that. You talk about one of the people, the perpetrators of the massacre in Israel, and they're going to be head of the Civil Rights Commission. I heard your commentary about the people for Japan and Germany in World War II. This is even worse. I agree. The the UN each and every day has proven themselves unworthy to be at least stationed here. And and if somebody else wants to take them, their headquarters, let them have it. Um, they've really uh, yeah. jumped the shark on their purpose on on things they've taken. And like I said, they they recognize Hamas as the the duly elected government of Palestine, uh, where most other normal nations recognize them as a terrorist organization. And the countries in the region around Palestine will not allow them in their country and won't allow them to apply for citizenship. Not Jordan, not Egypt, not even Libya um, would allow them to come in and apply for citizenship. Not even Syria would allow the Palestinian people because they are so disruptive to the operation of the country. You know, well, forget about citizenship. You know, they won't even let them take refuge there while this is going on, just temporarily. They won't, they won't let even let them in to seek shelter at this point. So, you know, we have to look into that as well. Exactly. And we have to get out. If you don't have your write-in ballot by mail-in ballot by today, you know, you've got to go and vote next Tuesday because it is important. America's on the precipice of failure. I never thought I would say that with all my years on this planet. But with what's going on right now, we have to stop. There's a saying in the Navy, if your ship is sinking, the first thing you do is got plug the hole. We've got to plug the hole and take this country back next year in the presidential and Senate races. We do, my friend. Um, and if you're an everyday listener on Friday, I'm going to have uh, the commander of the USS Cole on as a guest on the show. Uh, Commander Kirk Leopold, who saved that ship during that terrorist attack. Uh, he'll be on Friday at 4 o'clock. So I hope you're listening then, David, and thank you for your service in the Navy. All right. Be safe. Thank you, David. It's uh, 4.31 here, almost 4.32 here, WILK News. It's uh, time for the news with Paul Michaels. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It is 4.38 here in the station, 47 degrees and mostly cloudy outside. It's point the show where we honor our heroes across America, and they are out there working patrol on this night. Uh, a whole lot of them, even some on extra. 67 police officers made the ultimate sacrifice on this day, five of them from here in Pennsylvania. I'm going to first start off with police officer Joshua P. McCune. Westtown East Goshen Regional Police Department in 2021 on this day died of complications after re- contracting COVID in the line of duty. We have uh, Chief of Police Ellie M. Myers of the Dublin Borough Police Department in Pennsylvania in 1965 was killed by a vehicle while directing traffic at the scene of a brush fire. We have Patrolman George Myers of the Warminster Township Police Department, Pennsylvania, 1946, suffered a fatal heart attack during a foot pursuit while pursuing a group of kids who were being a nuisance in the area of Lacey Park. Patrolman Richard V. Mahoney of the Erie Police Department in 1928 was struck and killed by a vehicle on State Street between 20th Street and 21st Street while working uh, a special Halloween assignment. And Keeper James Gaston of the Pennsylvania Department of Corrections in 1844 
Keeper James Gaston was beaten to death by an insane inmate at the Eastern State Penitentiary. Penitentiary. The inmate had become irate inside his cell after being refused recreation time. Keeper Gaston entered the cell to try and quiet the inmate, but the man attacked him with a floorboard that he had pulled up from the floor and beat Keeper Gaston with the floorboard repeatedly. And those are our five from here in Pennsylvania. You can call or text the show at 570-883-0098. Some of the uh, creepiest places in all 50 states. As per, and no, it's not the stations here at Odyssey. <laughs> Wait, but, I, you knew what I was going to yeah. say. And this is coming uh, via CNN from HDTV, the creepiest places in all 50 states. Plymouth. In no. Alabama is the Sloss Furnaces. Open from 1882 to 1971, the National Historic Landmark in Birmingham was once the world's old, largest manufacturer of pig iron, though this uh, achievement came at a cost. Working conditions at the plant were miserable, particularly from 1900 to 1906, where numerous workers were killed, and their ghosts are said to haunt the halls Ooh. of the Sloss Furnaces in Alabama. Surprise, Alabama creepy. Yeah. Whoever the, the picture heard, actually looks pretty whoever creepy. Whoever heard those two words together before. I'm sure there's some good places in, in Pittsburgh, too, as well as that, as far as their yeah. old factories and steel mills that are there. And Scranton. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. It's uh, 441. <laughs> Let's go Alaska, the Red Onion Saloon, before we go to traffic. Oh, really? The, the ghosts don't freeze to death? Red Onion Saloon. Let's see. Established in 1898, the Red Onion Saloon, a seg, uh, Skagway was the popular brothel during the Klondike Gold Rush, mm. and today said to be haunted by one of the women who work there, known as Lydia. I wonder what she does when she the haunts. The resident ghost is reported to have been spotted running down the hall in the room once occupied by the madam. Others claim to have smelled her perfume or have experienced some extreme cold spots. Does she have well, clothes if, on if or is she... If you're married, you experience some extreme <laughs> cold spots often. But I want to know if she has her clothes on or if she's naked when she's running down those halls. Uh, the Red Onion Saloon offers the Ghosts and Good Times Girl Walking Tour. The Ghosts <laughs> and Good Time <laughs> Girls Walking Tour, which gives guests a closer look into, the, look into the establishment's history. I have to go to Red Onion Saloon in Alaska for that? Go check that out. Listen, yeah. if you own a bar... Here in Scranton or anywhere in Northeast Pennsylvania, and you don't start a Ghosts and Good Time Girls walking tour, you're missing out. Yeah, there you go. That sounds like a great fundraiser. Ghosts and Good Time <laughs> Happy Hour. There you go. Boo. Now it's time for traffic Great and weather. marketing plan right there. <laughs> this traffic update is brought to you by Penn Teledata Internet. Some slowing 81 northbound beginning around music. You're going to dip below 40 miles per hour. They are clearing up an accident after the Montage Mountain Road Davis Street exit. Things are moving, however, so it's not all that bad. We have no reports of any further accidents and no major backups. Whenever you see a traffic problem, call our jam line 570-883-7269. Nikki Stone. W-I-L-K traffic. Thank you, Nikki. Here's the Storm Tracker 16 forecast from Chief Meteorologist Kurt Aaron. Today, cloudy with some sun and dry, high 47. Tonight, partly cloudy, low 34. Tomorrow, scattered rain and snow showers, possibly early. And then mostly cloudy, high 45. Thursday, chilly temperatures to start, low 28. More sun than clouds, high 48. And remember, we turn those clocks back on Sunday. I dislike that time of year. 
Right now it's 47 degrees and mostly cloudy at 443, your official weather station, WILK. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. Once upon a moonless night, in a dense, eerie forest, there lived an ogre named Grizzletooth. His massive hulking figure was cloaked in shadows as he prowled through the twisted trees, his eyes burning like crimson embers, struck terror into anyone who crossed his path. Grizzletooth's favorite haunt was an ancient decrepit castle hidden deep in the heart of the forest of Pennsylvania. The mere mention of it sent shivers down the spines of the bravest adventurers. Legends whispered that the castle was cursed and Grizzletooth was the keeper. Those unfortunate enough to wander near the castle would hear his guttural growls and bone-chilling laughter echoing through the night. His gruesome collection of bones and skulls, trophies and unwary travelers adorn the castle's halls. Even the bravest knights dared not to face him, for it was said that Grizzletooth's strength was unmatched and his cunning was unrivaled. He was the master of traps and tricks, luring those who dared to challenge him in the depths of the forest where they would be lost forever. And so Grizzletooth, the terrifying ogre of the cursed castle, remained the nightmarish legend a name whispered in fear and a shadowy figure haunting the darkest corners of the woods of Pennsylvania, Penn's Woods, leaving a trail of dread in his wake. And in 2022, the people of Pennsylvania elected him to the Senate of Pennsylvania. For Pennsylvania. It is uh, 4.49 here in WILK. We're talking about the creepiest places in all 50 states from uh, CNN and... Um, HGTV, if you've ever been to Arizona, they have the Huma Territorial Prison, held more than 3,000 murderers, thieves, and other criminals during its 33 years in operation from 1876 to 1909. More than 100 people died there. Where a prisoner named John Ryan committed suicide, another unsettling spot known as the Dark Cell, where disruptive inmates were held in isolation. In Arkansas, we have the Crescent Hotel, in California, you have the Queen Mary. Colorado's the Stanley Hotel. Connecticut is the Mark Twain House. And I'm going to put this link up on my social media, Rob O'Donnell, on Facebook, so you can look at the different states you want to visit. Delaware would be Fort Delaware. Florida is the St. Augustine Lighthouse. Georgia, Bonaventura Cemetery. Hawaii is the Hawaii Plantation Visit Village. See, Illinois is the McPike Mansion. Indiana is the Story Inn. Kansas is the Sally House. Kentucky, Waverly Hills Sanitarium. Louisiana is the Myrtles Plantation. Maine is the Mount Hope Cemetery. Maryland, the Antietam National Battlefield, where 23,000 soldiers were killed, wounded, or missing. The bloodiest battle of the Civil War took place in 1862. Today, visitors of the battlefield have reported hearing gunfire or smelling gunpowder when no one else was in sight. Seeing mysterious figures in Confederate uniforms, all, some also claim to have spotted strange balls of blue light at Burnside Bridge, where many soldiers were hastily buried. In Massachusetts, you have the Lizzie Borden House. Minnesota the Wabasha Street Caves, 
During Prohibition, these former mining caves of St. Paul were turned into speakeasies and became a hotspot for gangsters, including John Dillinger and Ma Barker. Rumor has it that three gangsters who were gunned down in the caves are buried under the floors. Mississippi is the McRaven House. Montana, Banneker Ghost Town. New Jersey's the Pine Barrens. New Mexico's Roswell, I think for normal reasons. New York is the Rolling Hills Asylum. North Carolina is the Biltmore States. Ohio is the Ohio State Reformatory. Let's see if we can get a Pennsylvania, the Eastern State Penitentiary. I know I got a text message about that as well. State-of-the-art facility when it opened in 1829, the Eastern State Penitentiary in Philadelphia once held many of America's most notorious prisoners, including Slick Willie Sutton and Scarface Al Capone. Though the prison was designed to inspire penance in its inmates, in reality, its harsh conditions and strict punishments drove many of them insane. Residents were kept in solitary confinement, strapped tightly to chairs for days at a time, and forced to wear heavy masks that prohibited communication with one another. Today, many are still said to haunt the grounds. Tours of the decaying penitentiary are available daily. But for an extra chilling experience, visit in the fall during Halloween nights, a haunted house within the cell blocks. Has anyone ever done that? I'd be interested to hear from you down at the Eastern State Penitentiary during Halloween. Go to the haunted house within the cell blocks. It's an interesting day. South Carolina, you have the Dock Street Theater. Do you have a specific state that I didn't mention? Tennessee is the Bell Witch Cave. According to this Tennessee legend, a farmer named John Bell and his family were tormented for years by a witch thought to be the spirit of a neighbor named Kate Batts. The family reported saw strange-looking animals on their property and heard eerie noises in the home. Bell's daughter, Betsy, even felt mysterious pinches and scratches. John Bell became ill and eventually died in 1820, thought to be the work of the witch. Some believe that she uh, never left the area, and today you can tour a replica of the Bell family cabin, plus a cave that's said to uh, be especially haunted. It's... uh, 4.54 here at WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show in just a minute. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It is 4.57, 47 degrees and mostly cloudy outside on this Tuesday, October 31st, 2023. Halloween. Got a lot of text messages on the Wellis House here in Wilkes-Barre. Strange deaths and tragedies have occurred at the Wellis House, a property that's been compared to that of the Amityville Horror House. The home was originally built for industrialist Augustus C. Lanning. Odd occurrences of death include Lanning's nephew being killed there during a fire when lightning struck the barn. It ignited a fire and left his nephew trapped underneath the body of a horse. Other reported incidents include a man dropping dead while walking in front of the house for no reason. Two suicides and four deaths at the house when it was a rental in the late 19th and mid-20th century as well as residents suffering from mental and physical illnesses. Haunted events like sounds of footsteps, moans, shrieks, and blood spots appearing on the living room wall have also been reported. That's uh, 
right here in Wilkesbury. Wellis Street, known as the Wellis House. Won't give out the address. I know you could Google it. Don't want you going there. But we also have uh, some more creepiest places. Vermont is Emily's Bridge. Covered bridge up there in that area, also known as Goldbrook Bridge. The site in Stowe is said to be haunted by a girl named Emily who has arranged to meet her lover at the bridge so they could run off and elope. When he didn't show, she hung herself from the rafters. Visitors to the bridge have reported several strange occurrences, including seeing scratch marks appear on vehicles, hearing footsteps, and spotting a white apparition. So if you're going skiing up in Stowe, Vermont, check out Emily's Bridge. It's almost 5 o'clock here. Virginia, we have the Peyton Randolph House, another creepiest places in all 50 states. It's uh, 5 o'clock here in WILK on this Halloween. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show after these messages. 